Welcome to the Always On Podcast. I'm your host, Duncan McPherson. And on this podcast, our objective is to continually enable our listeners who are high-performing fee-for-service professionals to always be working on their business and on themselves personally and professionally. So to that end, on today's podcast, I had a phenomenal conversation with a good friend of mine, Steve Phillips. Steve is a Chief Practice Management Officer at USA Financial, also the home of Advisor Protocol. Uh, He's been a good friend of mine for many years. Nobody takes this more seriously than Steve. And in this conversation, we had a very lively uh, chat about, among other things, professional contrast and professional scarcity and how that is engineered in the way you conduct yourself and articulate value. So if you like this podcast, please like it and share it with others, tell your colleagues. And as always, if you have any ideas or topics you would like to hear in this podcast down the road, just let us know. Thanks for listening. Well, I couldn't be more excited to have Steve Phillips join the Always On podcast. Uh, I've known Steve for a long time. I'm actually somewhat shocked that Steve wasn't my first uh, interview and guest on this podcast. Uh, Just couldn't get schedules organized. He might be the hardest working guy in the business. Steve is a chief practice management officer. I don't think there's anybody on planet Earth who takes this more seriously. I met Steve originally as a client. He engaged me to speak to a group of his top financial professionals. I think that was back in 2010. And that went over very well. And uh, then he engaged us to go deeper, including a train the trainer program. And through that, Steve decided to pursue his calling and become Pareto certified. And we've had a great relationship. It is an absolute pleasure, Steve, to have you on. Thank you very much for being on the Always On podcast. Well, Duncan, I've been looking forward to it. Thank you. Yeah, the long and storied history, 13 years. That's uh, every year that goes by. I think it continues to be my longest. This is it. It's uh, it's you and me. Wow. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure. It never feels like work. And I think the best part is the two-way street because not only have you embraced our philosophy and our approach, but you've brought so much more to it. It's been this accretive collaboration and you've brought another gear out in us uh, throughout that 13 years. And fun fact, Steve is probably the only person in financial services who is also a world-class herpetologist and orthonologist yeah ornithologist well that's more yeah that's more the science of it but uh birding people just referred to lovingly as nerds so yeah so that's a little bit less formal but yeah (laughs) yeah it's what i do to get away from it all well and yeah you love the outdoors so but there's a real art and science dynamic to this conversation because we're going to get into some very timely and of course timeless principles best practices and talk about where this is all going because obviously the industry is evolving at uh, warp speed. I do want to frame the conversation, Steve, around the the ability for a financial professional to achieve professional contrast and professional scarcity, which is uh, for some very elusive, but for others, when they crack that code, they put so much distance between themselves and the pack and I think part of it is the fact that they found the sweet spot, again, between high tech and high touch. So they embrace technology to give them efficiencies, consistency, and scale, but they don't rely solely on it. It is a foundation that liberates them to go deeper into that bedside manner around relationship management. And especially now, I, we keep talking about the disruption of the last couple of years and how important it is to supplement needs-based planning with values-based and goals-based relationship management. So uh, I'll let you kick it off and then we'll get into the weeds. And uh, I just know this is going to be a very impactful conversation. Yeah, no, thanks. I, um, you know, the whole idea around 
contrast and scarcity. And I think of all the 13 years that of every place we've been together and all the relationships I've brought to it. And in the last five years, being in the trenches with USA Financial and working daily, weekly, monthly, yearly with advisors, which you and I both, that's the, for me, sort of the dream marker of practice management, ongoing relationships. All the stuff that we've done together, all the pieces that we've added, contrast and scarcity continue to be forefront. And in the conversation you and I were having a bit ago, talking about the advent of technology, which I think think is fantastic. And here you and I are, let's do the podcast and how many people can we reach this way? Certainly advisors are embracing all of that. Um, there, and, you know, in 2020, if you didn't embrace the technology, that was going to really have an adverse effect. So there's a real positive there. But I can tell you that advisors that rely solely on it, and you've heard me you know, use the term, the human nature component over and over and over. I think that there's something lost if you rely solely on the technology and don't have that personal touch, as you, as you say. I think it's easier for me to compete with you technologically and do this kind of thing and not be able to really let this, this professional contrast come to the surface. The other thing I'll say too, Duncan, is that We've seen, and I, I kind of said this, and you probably have felt this of late as you're traveling again, and people are back. Well, the airlines have had all their stuff going on. People are back doing stuff. And what I have found over the last six, seven months, I think that people are back with financial services. They want to do one-on-ones. They're coming out to events, ideal client events that we do. They're coming out to workshops. And this really presents, number one, Stuff you can't do, uh, you can't really do an efficient event with a group of people through technology. It presents this amazing opportunity with professional to to you know illustrate your professional contrast. And then it's funny that contrast and scarcity would would go together, and I think they do because the contrast is a a very scarce thing. Somebody that sounds different, somebody that feels different, somebody that tunes into the client in a different way. Somebody that really doesn't care if you become a client or not. You know, we've talked to, we've talked about that as well. I care so little that I care a lot about the right people. And there's your scarcity mm-hmm. that also illustrates professional contrast. So I think your two points there are the more technologically advanced we become, I get excited about the opportunity that it prevents for advisors to really make a mark. Well, that old chestnut that there's always a bull market somewhere. So you throw in this this never-ending feature creep in technology. You know, it served a purpose during the disruption, but then you have this technology fatigue. It creates this vacuum, this void. Yep. And then you combine that with uh, mass distortion and noise and some apprehension around the future with all this uh, volatility, uncertainty, that bedside manner becomes so incredibly powerful, especially when it comes to, like you were saying, the scarcity. And, you know, I've talked to so many very high caliber advisors, and we talk about that distinction between who needs you, who deserves you, who are you trying to competitor proof, who are you trying to get out in front of in terms of their evolving needs, and, and intensifying complexity. And then who are you trying to replicate through advocacy? It's those most deserving clients. And I, so many advisors are telling me that they're connecting with their clients on a deeper level. It's not to trivialize the needs-based fulfillment, but, but connecting around values uh, in terms of a philosophy and how you see the world and connecting on people's aspirations in terms of what financial independence does for somebody, not just what it is. I mean, we all kind of have our number. What's our number? But it's not how much that is, it's what that does. Right. The liberation, the order, uh, the pursuit of self-actualization. Advisors are connecting on a deeper level and clients are starting to ask some very different questions now, stemming from the last six to 12 months. So, Steve, the first thing I want to talk to you about is what has been universally 
well-received in terms of an adjustment that advisors have made to achieve professional contrast and make sure their clients understand and appreciate the advisor's value in a uh, simplified form. Do you have a do you have a response to that? Yeah, I do. And I'll say it. And, you know, over the last few years when we've had conversations at different places at different times, you know, I've worn out the human nature component and I'm just going to keep saying it yeah. because everything that I have learned from being so close to advisors and ongoing relationships and indeed having an opportunity to spend some time with clients and ask questions, you hit the word fatigue. Something that I learned a long time ago, the idea of loyalty fatigue. Well, I think there's technology fatigue. Here's the other thing I would share with you. What jumps out is effort. It's easy. Mm -hmm. Listen, I'm not going to demean skilled advisors, really successful advisors that do, and we know of advisors that do everything through Zoom and technology. I'm not a hater at all, and nor am I qualified to really speak to that. But I can tell you that generally, Clients are starting to recognize it takes effort to have me come into your office. It takes effort for you to to have an event. It takes effort to be in person. The other thing is, as crazy as it sounds, I know who you are, but now I can see you shoulders and and head. If I can't, there's no body language. There's no, there is something lost if we're not in person. And when you talk about the things that matter to me as a person, I I think a lot of clients would say there are clients also that are really comfortable doing everything virtually. But I would say that that's a minority. I think a mm-hmm. lot of clients want to get together with an advisor who's talking about family, occupation, recreation, where this whole thing goes for me, and let me use some intuition as well. What do I pick up on? And from there, of course, we know how much the words matter and the approach that an advisor takes. But I, if you ask me now, after all these 13 years and all the experience to boil it down to something, is that people are aware there's a human nature component. And just be a person. You know, you have a family, you've got aspirations too. Yeah, you're at my, advi- my advisor. I probably think you're the smartest guy in the world. I hope you are with what you really are doing for me and with me. But act like a guy, act like a guy. When you got a family, tell me about your stuff and let's connect them. And just, I know that you have your own life. You have aspirations of your own. It's it's meaningful to me to get to know you in some way as a person, in person. And then that leads, I think that that opens all the opportunities, opens all the gates for me to have this deeper relationship, um, to understand the significance of your process. And, and it just goes from there. It, it's so fascinating. I, I, I want everybody to really consider a word and the word is interlude. So an interlude is the space between. So think of that as sort of this this no man's land where something gets lost. You're right, technology is amazing, but sometimes things get lost in the technology. There's this interlude. And a big part of it is how the interaction makes the the recipient feel. And, you know, I I use the analogy, uh, we've all experienced this where we need to go to the doctor. We're sitting in the doctor's office, waiting for he or she to walk in. The door opens. The doctor reaches for the, the, the clipboard that's on the, hanging on the door. And you realize at that moment, he or she is just starting to connect with me as a person. At that moment. That's when they start to think about me. And then you also realize that they stop thinking about me when they put the clipboard back on the door and walk out and move on to the next appointment. That uh, is very intuitive and it creates this void. You know, I I, I said to an advisor yesterday, we were talking about goals-based and values-based relationship management and the, the art of future pacing and rejuvenating relationships. And I just went back to that old chestnut. Find the sweet spot between being interested and interesting. You you feel compelled to be interesting because you want to be fee worthy. You want the person to really connect with your intellect and your judgment and uh, your, your vast knowledge. Fantastic. 
But like you said, be interested, ask great questions, and don't let it go to your head to die. View that as an intellectual property, something that will endure as long as the relationship does. So the, the philosophy is the unspoken energy you're projecting is that I don't just care about you. I care about what you care about. So, Steve, there's a very specific, actionable idea that's quite simple, actually, that I know that you've taken to another level that is designed to counter loyalty fatigue and familiarity and to rejuvenate a client's appreciation for a financial professional's value using brevity, specificity, and in a proprietary manner, which means they realize I can only get this from you. This is not a commoditized service I can get elsewhere. And that is the notion or the concept known as shoot your trailer. A customized podcast can add credibility and efficiency to your communication efforts. Sifting good prospects from the mass of suspects, staying top of mind with strategic partners and activating more advocacy from existing clients can be achieved with a turnkey approach. Learn more at proudmouth.com. So for those of you who are not aware, Shoot Your Trailer is a supplement to your value proposition where you can articulate value to someone without having to build a clock, just basically telling them what time it is, but in a way that resonates, that is transferable, that they can relay onto somebody else. Maybe what we'll do as part of this podcast is make one of our resources around Shoot Your Trailer available for everybody just to remind them. But why don't you uh, run with that, Steve, because yeah. you've, you've taken that to the next level. No, thanks. And here's, as I do that, let me, I, uh, let me throw something at you with a comment you made just a moment ago. And you're talking about doctors and the whole idea of you come for a visit, I take the clipboard. And then, you know what I, I think is a fact? The longer that we're in this business, I think that people have different expectations of their financial advisor. I get the story around the doctor. I think people expect the doctor to come in, read this clipboard, put it down, whatever we have to do, we're planning the surgery, get the medication, and then I'm down the hallway. I think people view my future, my kids, my legacy differently. And you can come and pick up the clipboard and put it down. And so but, that's but, but how how refreshing is it when the doctor, when you realize that they they have a recollection of something you discussed months ago yep. and they ask you about it, the, the key takeaway here is completely walk away from yep. any concept of a transactional interaction. Yep. Exactly. And make it all directional where every investment of effort is a culmination in loyalty, engagement, and advocacy. That's what's separating the best from the rest. But how many times have we seen long-term relationships start to drift yeah. and just need a little mid-course correction to bring them back with Shoot Your Trailer? So yeah, yeah I agree with you. It's just it's such a great learning opportunity to say, okay, what? where's the unmet need? Where's the void? What are clients longing for their expectations are low. The bar is incredibly low. When you exceed it, it's like, wow, this is so much better. But uh, run with that in terms of your and exceeding it, on the trailer. I, I will. And exceeding it is not as difficult. This is the thing that we found too. That yeah. The bar is low. And once you can step over the bar, you're you're on your way. Quick story. True story, Duncan. True story this year. Concierge doctor for me. I pay more. I don't worry about the cost of this doctor because of the value that I get. There's a whole other conversation for us. That's yeah. true. He's right around the corner. And I want that conversation. I want to be able to get him when I can get him, all those types of things. This is the this is the whole idea around shoot your trailer. And number one, understanding the value. There are some here are some things that we know clients expect from advisors. You do a ton of things. You want to tell me all about it. You expect me to remember it and to anticipate when it's going to be relevant to my life. Oh, so wait a minute. And as you know, we do a lot of this work. And one of the exercises is how many things can you do for a client over the life of a relationship? And you know that's in the 60s, 70s, some are over 100. Here's what I found too, that clients recognize 
When we teach Shoot Your Trailer, we say that that the whole idea of creating a process where everything can live, boiling the 70 down to seven foundational pillars and then to one proprietary process, what we've learned over the years is that clients recognize certain things as professional humility and will turn that around to be a benefit to them. What do I mean by that? So Duncan, you're going to tell me that you do 77 things, but you boiled it down to seven and even that's too much. And not all of those things are relevant to you at any one time. So I'm going to boil it down to a process that's personal to me that you're going to remember. I'm going to receive that from you as a favor to me. This is what we found out. It's not something that we knew at the beginning. So when you talk about stepping over the bar, this is an advisor that's now doing me a favor. So it's not even just stepping over the bar. It's that I I see this as a way that you're doing me a favor. And clients have been outward about that. Not only do I have to remember all the things you do, uh, I don't even have to anticipate them. That's your job. Thank you for that. The other thing, the other part of that is, Duncan, if I, if you ask me what is the, some of the most significant stuff that we've learned in this coaching and consulting with Shoot Your Trailer, and advisors ask me all the time, boil all these things that you do down to one thing that really matters, I'd say duplicating best clients. Yeah. And here's the thing. So when we teach Shoot Your Trailer, we go, there's two overarching things. Number one, we took all the stuff we do. We boiled it down so you don't have to remember it. We gave it a name. It's meaningful to me personally, which we know is going to mean something to you, Mr. Client. That's one. Two, uh, over the years, our clients have told us they had a moment where they felt it was appropriate to share us with people that were important. And I tell advisors, especially in a fit meeting, the words are appropriate means I'm making the decision. I'm the client. I'm making, I decide when it's time and share. The word share is not introduce or refer. It allows the client to connect their own dots. So again, you're doing me a favor. Hey, uh, when you feel it's appropriate to share us, our process just makes that easy. From there, I can tell you when we built out how we communicate, shoot your trailer, we end with the Venn diagram. And the things that matter most, and I tell guys, there are three words that now, as I've learned it from you over the years, I've added, sort of tweaked it a little bit. I tell advisors, when you're making this presentation, if human nature component and words matter, there are three things you have to say. The first word is foundational. The second word is most. The third word is we. Our foundational approach is based on two significant things. Number one, what matters most to our clients. Not what matters to our clients. Everything matters to our clients. We can't get to all that. So we focus on what matters most to our clients and the things that we, you know, XYZ Financial can control. And then back to what are the things that matter most? You know, And if I said to a client blindly, what are the things that matter most to you? Family is always number one. When am I going to retire? Am I going to retire? What am I going to do with all this? What does it become? Family, occupation, recreation. That's not a high bar. Here's the other thing, Duncan. I know guys do it really well, virtually. We know that Shoot Your Trailer translates pretty well over Zoom. Not well enough. When you're talking about family, occupation, recreation, there's real value in sitting together and having that conversation. And then talking about, you know, the other thing I tell advisors, when you talk about what you can control, start with what you can't. Just like because they're the same thing. You can't control taxes. You can't control inflation. You can't control war halfway across the world or a pandemic or anything else that's going on, which leads you to what? A focus on the things we can control. The whole, and and that's, you know, clients are like, again, be a person. You can't control things any more than I can control. So what's that focus? And as one of the first things I learned from you, what resonates when I walk away, when that conversation's over and I have a chance to reflect back on it and the two things that stick, what matters most to me, the things that you can control, I see how those go together. And then where those things overlap is where you live. The whole conversation we've started on this podcast about what is values-based how do we make the connection? How do we overcome the law of familiarity, loyalty fatigue? How does the whole signal to noise ratio stand out? What's the contrast? It's right there. It is right there. 
And so what I said earlier, the bar is not high. And here's the thing too. Once you step over the bar and a client realizes there's something different going on here. And it's not just even about you, your trailer. It's about your willingness and ability to communicate to me and with me as a regular person. I'm all in. And the whole thing too, you know what's subliminal about that, Duncan, is already I'm thinking, my friend doesn't have this guy. This is not what's going on with my friend or my sister. Share. He said share. He didn't say give me a referral. He said share. All those things start to connect the dots. And so now years in, what's really cool about working with you, your team, and then with the team at USA and all the work that we've done is now, you know, once upon a time, it was a really good idea. Now we have the data. And the more technology speeds up, the more data we have that it works. So, well, it's interesting. Uh, I wish I had a buck for every time I've asked a financial professional the question, what do you do? <laughs> and they start to tell me what they do. Yep. Uh, data dumping with jargon. And I have to interrupt them and say, it's actually a trick question. Because you're not marketing to yourself. Right. I know you've right. got it. I know you're good at what you do. Yep. But what you need to figure out is not what your value is or what you do, but what it does. The, the reverse engineering is to not actually literally tell someone what you do. It's to understand what it is they want and how you get them there in a way that they fully understand and appreciate. So to your point, the words matter. Your ability to verbalize helps them internalize and then socialize. Yeah. So, so that is the power. And we will include as a supplement to this podcast, some resources around shoot your trailer. And we encourage everybody to customize the messaging to fit with the messenger. But just remember, you're not marketing to yourself and your, your ability to read the room and to, and to speak to someone in a way that really resonates with them helps them read the room and pick up on subtleties, on nuance about the way you conduct yourself that resonates long after they walk out the door. And they do feel compelled to share that, yep. especially now because money is so incredibly topical. So Steve, let's, let's shift on and build on that and talk about referability because mm -hmm. I've been around the block. I've seen, you know, over 30 years, some intense periods of volatility. In fact, I spoke to a long-term advisor in Texas today. I've known him forever, and he is world-class. He confirmed that he has always come out of periods of volatility better than he went in mm -hmm. because of how he responded and the degree of referability, both in terms of quality and quantity that came from that. So let's talk about this. Why are so many financial professionals referable, but it doesn't necessarily convert and equate to the quality and quantity of referrals? They get lost in that no man's land, that interlude again. Mm -hmm. How do they cross that Rubicon and achieve that conversion? Let's, let's talk about that. Yeah. So I think that I shared this with you last time we spoke, and it was because I really believe that everything we do, obviously, there's a lot of advisors headed for succession and, and selling the business and doing that kind of thing. That's a big one. But I really believe that practice management done well duplicates best clients. And what we came up with was, here's, here's what happens when you're referable and because you still make the idea of referrals and introductions about you. You'll remember that I shared this with you, that I I wrote a blog for USA about this, that introductions are not about you, advisor person, because that is, and forgive me, here's human nature component again, the idea of sharing. I, I tell advisors, this is the thing. Don't be an advisor for a second. Have you shared something with a friend or family member, somebody close to you, something that's really cool that you just wanted to share with them because it was something cool? It was a great experience. You knew how to share it. 
compelling. You got to have this bottle of wine. You got to see this Netflix series. You got to. And without this being the reason, knowing that when you get the bottle of wine, you're going to call me and thank me for, here's the thing. It occurred to me and it occurred to our team, introductions are not about the advisor. Introductions are about my ability and willingness and feeling compelled to share something that's different and cool that I know my friends and family don't have. It's that simple. It's that simple. And what every advisor has is a bunch of stuff and a bunch of skills. I'm not demeaning that. That sounds like I'm, mm-hmm. I don't mean it to sound like that. I know what you mean. And I don't want advisors to be offended. But that's the, what you've always said. That's the low, that's the expectations. You have the stuff, you have the skills. I believe you have the skills. Well, let's, let's not glance off this because this is very, very important. And I've been talking about this for years is that it's one thing to endorse or shine a light on a consumable, which is a transaction. You want me to refer my best friend to you who just sold his business and feels like he's in so far over his head? As easy as it is for me to do that, it's easier not to. That's right. Because experientially, my wisdom says that no good deed goes unpunished. Yeah. I mean, I, I I just, it's so complex unless and until I know exactly how this is going to come back and reflect on me, I might not go there. And this is what advocacy is about, is helping clients understand the alignment of interests, mm-hmm. the the impact, and 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 the advisor's complete aversion to any salesmanship. I'll make myself available. This will reflect well on you. They don't need to become a client. Scarcity. If this is important yep. to you, it's important to me. I'll make myself available. And if advisors will just be at peace with cause and effect. Because again, that brings us back to the interlude. There is a space between activity and productivity. And a lot of people get kind of freaked out in there. Like this isn't working. It's not happening. Well, there's a stage of readiness that naturally has to occur. You have to be at peace with that. Just immerse yourself in the activity, position it with stewardship and cause and effect will work its magic. So let's get into the weeds a little bit more because I know you put a huge emphasis on branding, uh, positioning, and the actual words that advisors select at that moment of truth when they're actually having the conversation with a potential influencer. Let's get into some of that. You know what is to uh, let me let me go back to what you you dropped so many important tidbits in there. Do you know why it's just easier for me not to? You know, you said it's easier for me. It's easy for me to to make the introduction. It's just easier for me not to. Why do I land on that side? Because I know how it's not going to reflect back on me in a positive way or worse. I know how, and I have, I've shared this with you. I've sat in three really meaningful conversations with clients who Mm -hmm. were very, very vociferous about, I stopped introducing my advisor, not because I don't like him, not because I don't trust him, but I was shut down. Literally, I had had a, a lady say, Two times at lunch, she got a face in the hand when she said, let me tell you about my advisor, Brian. I'm like, oh, we have an advisor. And so it's just easier not to. Why? Because it's about me. I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't want to be hurt of friendship, all of that kind of thing. So the whole idea of the overcoming the interlude is just, it's, and you know what? There are advisors that we work with that at first it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen because there is a stage of readiness and that's the whole, you know, water dripping on a stone and you have to stay at it. The other thing there too is the, you know, it's the consistency and congruity that we talk about is that you have to, you just can't try it once and then throw it away. You have to be committed to your process and imprint that idea on clients that the process is always there. And I, you know, we're, 60 some advisors in with USA Financial. And if they stick with it, as do the advisors that you guys are working directly with, it happens. And I told you we had, I don't, there's some stories that I like to tell that I almost don't believe myself unless I'd heard the voicemail. We had an advisor recently communicate seven pillars 
to uh, he went back. It was reframing, actually, went back to a current client who literally got teary eyed and broken voice on the phone. So overjoyed that this is what you're offering me. She thought that the idea that everything lived in one place was an offering, a service offering, which it is. And so right away, you can imagine how that changed the game. The whole idea of that stage. And here's the thing about the stage of readiness. Once it happened once, I nope, I've got an advisor. Once that happened once, I'm not, I don't talk about my advisor anymore. I'm not, I'm still doing business with him. I'm just not talking about him. Once somebody goes, oh my gosh, what an amazing elevated client experience this is. Once that happens, it's ongoing forever. Now, there may not be the stage of readiness every day where there's a friend or a family member who I know is ready to hear that story, but but I'm always ready to tell it. And in there is the difference because that experience left a mark. So once that, you know, it is, I get how advisors can get frustrated with it and expectations about this thing needs to, to turn around the practice right away. And in some instances it does, in other instances it takes a bit. And what I, you know, Duncan, one of the things we tell advisors is the very first thing is that you feel different about what you're doing. Do you feel different about yourself as a professional, as connecting on a human level? Do you do you close up the shop and go home to your family every night going, I really did something meaningful, whether or not there was an introduction? If we start there, and we know what the ongoing outcome is going to be. So, you know, what's funny about that is uh, I remember a financial advisor who wanted to believe in all of this, but wasn't quite there. So he took little bits and pieces of it and took it to his clients. But shortcuts, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And the very first client he talked to gave him the Heisman by saying, hey, you know what? I don't really mix business with pleasure. I don't talk about any of this with my friends. So why don't we just leave it there? Yep. And the advisor completely recoiled and came back to me and said, this doesn't work. And I said, go, I'm the client. What did you say? And he said things like, you know, I'm, I'm looking for high net worth clients and, you know, all of that sort of salesy brokery language yep. interspersed like mingled within some of the proper positioning. And I said, okay, you're undermining yourself. This is going to hurt you more than it helps you because I can feel your energy. You you have no conviction. This feels like an opportunistic tactic you're trying to pull on me. So if you don't believe it, you're not going to see it. It's just not going to happen. Stop right there. Stop right there. That is exactly it. And so in in good consulting, what we tell an advisor, I don't really, the end of the day, whatever the story is that you feel is most important to your practice, your approach, your ability to connect on a human level, tell it, own it, believe it. You said the whole, you know, opportunistic. The other thing about, so Don't be desperate. This is why years ago, and you said, you know, we work with advisors. We're not looking for broken practices. A lot of our advisors are already very successful, reached a plateau, not doing anything wrong. We just have to turn the screw a little bit. Advisors that are getting started or smaller practices, and we kind of specialize in that. There's a little bit of that sort of desperation. The, I I try to say the words or I try, but client goes, you don't really feel it, do you? Don't, that doesn't sound and because the we... advisor, the advisor's pressing and everyone can feel it. And when yeah. you press, you repel. Yeah. Duncan, it's the whole reason that long ago we quit naming processes for advisors. We came up with two really specific exercises, as you know, to allow, assist, and enable advisors to name their own process so they could then speak to it on a deeper level. Because my feeling is at the end of Shoot Your Trailer, what I want the client to leave with is, oh my God, it's, you know, the name of that process is what stuck because it was so personal to Duncan and I get it. And if it's personal to him, I take it on as being personal. And so what that also eliminates 
and it takes a little practice is tell the story and you have to not care. Literally, you have Mm -hmm. to not care whether this client comes on or not. The right clients get it and will come and will bring others. And you have to be comfortable with that. And clients recognize that the whole, listen, the power of a fit meeting and a 48 hours to determine if our expertise is a match for what you're trying to accomplish is another amazing, dramatic moment of professional contrast. And it is where you go, you know, I don't really give a damn if you don't get it. And I call you in 48 hours and you're not, okay, good. I might call you in 48 hours and say, we're not a fit. And I tell advisors, that's a really difficult call one time. First time you do it, you start to understand the significance of it and the people that connect, connect. So this is a conversation we could do for a week. Yeah, no question. Well, I want to come back to, because you touched on it, the whole concept around facts, tell, story, sell. That's another one of our chestnuts that's been enduring for decades. It's interesting. When there's volatility, there's an opportunity to tell a story. And it's often prompted. I challenge advisors all the time. It's prompted by a client asking you this question. How are you doing? Because here's the interesting thing about periods of turbulence. It's so revealing. The best question, uh, the best clients don't call up in a panic, nope. questioning things, uh, worried. Their number one concern is, boy, this must be a little bit tough on you, the financial professional. I'm sure you're, sure you're under siege right now. So here's my challenge to a financial advisor. When somebody gives you permission to tell them how you're doing. Pause, repeat the question and say, how am I doing? I got to tell you something. It's times like these right here, right now. This is why I became a financial advisor. I mean, when things are rocking along, I mean, yeah, we, we do our thing and it's great. But as soon as things get a little noisy, yeah. That's where we realize, okay, this is not a job, it's a calling. And then go into a story and say, you know, what's really fascinating about times like these is how many times people ask me, what's going on? And I can see it in their eyes. There's dread, there's apprehension. In fact, you know, I had a client introduce a family member to me and I could tell she was carrying a pretty heavy load. And I just helped her put the noise canceling headphones on and Uh, focus on what matters and focus on what she can control. And I could see the apprehension melt away right before me. And I thought to myself, this is why I'm a financial advisor. And the whole premise is when, when somebody gives you permission, just, just make sure they feel it. Like I, I had a conversation, Steve, with somebody and he literally, we, it was very similar to this. He literally lifted up his arm and said, my hair is standing up on my arm. I can feel it. That's a transference of energy. Now, some people might think, okay, that's that's cosmic. Uh, I don't. I really don't buy into that. Fair enough. You live by the rules you set. But people need to feel your conviction, the calling, the purpose, because they will relay that. It's not this sense that I'm going to do my advisor a favor and send him a year-making referral. No, no. I'm doing my friend a disservice by not sharing with this with somebody I care about. Okay. So when there's noise, when there's uncertainty, let it serve you, not hurt you. And, and so position it by purpose and then say these words. Hey, listen, if you ever happen to introduce someone to me, they don't need to become a client to take advantage of this service. That's professional scarcity. Take it off the table. Root it in purpose. And then pivot and say, look, if they want to become a client, uh, that's a separate conversation. There's no expectation that needs to happen. We only accept new clients that are introduced to us, but it's got to be a good fit. We often get introduced to people. They want to become a client. uh, It doesn't align, and we introduce them elsewhere. And that's fine because our goal isn't to see how big we can get. It's how small we can stay. It's got to be a good fit. We're very fortunate in that respect. Like these statements create a validation for a long-term client. I am with the right team. 
Do you aspire to consistently attract and keep great clients while driving the enterprise value of your business? Do you want to achieve professional contrast by supplementing your technical ability with a consistent client experience driven by best practices? The Blue Square Toolkit brings the proven Pareto Systems philosophy and process to life in a way that tethers your team so that you can competitor-proof your clients, gain their full empowerment, and attract quality referrals, all while restoring liberation and order in your life, and all in an intuitive, easy-to-use, turnkey solution. Visit bluesquaretoolkit.com to get your 14-day free trial today. I, you, you know, you and I have done so many masterminds over the years together, yeah. and I, I miss those, and I want to get back into some form of that. But remember when we would talk about Maslow's hierarchy and the concept of belonging? Yep. Belonging, my, so I'm your client. I need to know I'm in good hands. It's a safe harbor. I need to know that you're not freaked out. You know, calm seas, never produce a skilled sailor, all of that. Okay. I need to feel like I belong to something. The more I do subconsciously, it's not even like this spoken uh, appreciation. It's just a sense that I have. I do feel compelled to share that. Like foundationally, Good belonging question. is the core to loyalty, empowerment, and advocacy. And then the nudge to tip someone over is often in the words you use and how you uh, position that. So, I don't know if you have anything you want to add to that because I, I'm talking to advisors about this nonstop right now. And I had one advisor again say to me, the fish are jumping in the boat. Yep. And these are I've I've been getting introductions from people who have never referred anybody to me, but they feel compelled to do that because I've rejuvenated and reframed the relationship. Yeah, that happened a lot. Never got this person 12 years, yeah. never said boo about another you know, friend or family member, 10 introductions this year. You know what I wanted to do? So you said purpose and conviction. This is interesting. And back to the conversation about the doctor. What do people today think of the world, social media, everything, think about doctors and what, if I would describe one of the reasons that I had my concierge doctors, what does he have for me? that most doctors don't. What is it that we say, what have you always said to advisors is your most precious commodity is time. Do you know what? Do you know what purpose and conviction and professional contrast take? They take time. And I believe that clients recognize it. So while all these other things, the words, that you're committed to the process, you're committed to the fit. I think clients recognize the whole world is out of time. Everything's done in snippets. Everything's done fast. And when it's over, it's over. And I'm on well to the said. next thing. I think that clients recognize in order for you to communicate your purpose, conviction is another way of saying time. If I have conviction to a purpose or to a group or to my family, it takes time. And I, you know, I get, it's another, it's another example that the bar isn't high, man. It just isn't. Well, here's, here's the thing here. Okay. This is so powerful. When a team fully embraces the bookends of client service and client experience, I mean, how high is high? And I'll bring it back down to the doctor as well, because my doctor, very skilled, but there's an X factor that's tough to put your finger on. And I realized what it was not too long ago, it's the bedside manner. Yeah. And here's what's interesting. And I don't know if he got this from his iPad that was in front of him, the new clipboard, right? Mm -hmm. But as we're having this conversation, he asks me a question about my family. And it was a very specific question. It wasn't just going through the motions. Oh. It was... He invested a previous interaction into that one, <clears throat> and it was palpable. I could feel it. And I actually, I don't know if I use these specific words, but I realized he wasn't clock watching. Time is a currency, and when you realize that a professional is prepared 
to make that available, it creates reciprocity. Yes. When you realize that you're in the hands of a professional and they're not clock watching, they're not grinding it out. They're running the business. It's not running them. And they have an appreciation for the things that matter to me. It changes not just the interaction, but how I feel when I'm in the elevator heading back to my car, what I'm saying to my wife an hour later, and a conversation like this. That is transference. That is breaking through the interlude. That's how you convert good activity into productivity. Yep. And that, just to close the loop, Steve, that is the sweet spot around high tech and high touch. Yep. And it's an unmet need. That's what everybody has to understand. This is a void that has been created through a force majeure, through the velocity of tech. It's now people long for it. Yep. And the more it becomes obvious, like, wow. And, and by the way, I had a conversation with an advisory team <clears throat> that has embraced, uh, and you know how I feel about lavish cards. So they're all in on lavish cards and cards. And their brand is flowers. So they send flowers for moments of truth and achievements, milestones, setbacks, and things like that. But now their cards are of an array of flowers. The, the, the talkability, the vibe this creates, as simple as it sounds, is so subtle. That's how low expectations are. So you're telling yep. me that I'll create this pattern of conversation about flowers just because of the cards I choose? That's how low the bar is. So yeah, you know, you know, I, I completely agree. Here's one other uh, closing the loop. And here's why I know that the client that got teary-eyed, I'm going to write a book about this. And for every advisor that listens to this podcast, here's my challenge to you. If you want to know if the stuff works, uh, start to pay attention in your own daily life with the things that you do and the things that are important to you when somebody takes a little time to elevate an experience. As you know, I was on a big uh, I was on a big birding vacation last week and way down in South Texas and trying to get home and do these things. Um, I had two instances days apart, one day apart. One was just at the hotel. Really simple and my reservation was completely messed up. I had used some points and they didn't have it and whatever and there was a young lady at the front desk that said Oh, I think I, I think I can find these. I, if you know, let me nothing, no rocket science there. Do you know what it took? It took a little time is what she applied to it. A little time, a little like I'm at the end of my trip and this is a bummer. Let me take care of that. And I said to her, this is what I do. I said, I want to know who your boss is. You tell me, you write it down. And it was Kim something at Hilton. And I sent Kim a note. So what I encourage advisors to do is be aware of when you're in the presence of an elevated client experience. Stop taking things for granted. The next day I'm trying to, I had to change my, well, you know, my nephew Taylor and I had to change my car reservation. These aren't, these aren't earth shattering, life changing things, but I called the 800 number and they're like, ah, oh, you got to call. No, we can't help you. You got to call the the station number, but they won't answer. You have to call the actual where you picked up the car, but we know they're not going to answer. So you probably come right back to us. I go, so I'm coming right back to you and you can't help me. That's right. I can't help you. So I took a shot and called the station and Maggie, whoever Maggie is, answered the phone and said, whatever, I can fix that. Yeah. The, 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 the technical process is you kind of can't return the car up there. I think I can fix this. Let me do that. You know what it took? Some time. Listen to the thing, took some time. And I said, Maggie, who's your boss? Her boss's name is Ken. And he got a note from me too. So if you really want to understand what the human nature component is, you have to be grateful and aware of it yourself Good and stuff. honor people that do that for you. And here's the thing that you and I both know. They're not gigantic. They're not, they don't have to be earth shattering things. No. These two young people took it upon themselves to go, I want to make this experience better. Give me a few minutes here. It takes a little time. I'll get it figured out. That's why I know when somebody gets teary-eyed with an advisor on the phone and can't believe it, it's real, man. It is real. That's that is that's what it comes down to. 
And I love those instances. Lori and I, you know, uh, we are looking for those. And I never let those things slide by without telling somebody how grateful I am for the time. Who's your boss? Who can I tell about you? Uh, because it's, you know, that has a bigger tenant, doesn't it, to how we live our lives. But it's out there, man. You just got to be aware of it. Well, I'm not trying to one-up you here, but I got to share this with you because it just happened. So first of all, flying in California and there was this bomb cyclone right. collides with an atmospheric river or whatever they call this <laughs> nonsense. Flights are just in disarray. Flights are canceled. I look at the board. I say, okay, there's a flight option. I run to another airline, another counter. I say, just sell me a ticket. Let me get on that plane. And he goes, no, I don't have time. So I stand, uh, no problem. I'm a reasonable, rational person. I stand in front of him about five feet away. He can see me. I go online, buy, take it as far as I can online, then call. And I get it myself. And I'm, I'm being very, very calm and rational. He can see me pull it off. And then I go back to him. I say, hey, I, apparently I need you to print the boarding pass for me because I got this done. I wasn't trying to be, you know, trying to create a, a teachable moment, but I could see that he regretted not helping me because he wasn't really doing anything. Yep. We had such an amazing conversation about that. And it was like a mentor protege dynamic because he was quite a bit younger than I am, but it opened up a door to a very positive conversation. And I think it left an imprint on him. Okay. Fast forward. And this is the mantra, right? Go out of your way. Go out of your way to slow life down for people. And, and, yeah. and because yeah. time is your currency, effort is your currency. Yeah. So, Steve, you'll love this. I'm in the airport. I've now got a bit of time. I get in line to a sushi bar. And lo and behold, behind me walks up a petite nun. I'm like, well, you don't see that every day. A nun in line to buy sushi. We have this pleasant conversation just very, very quickly. I say to her, hey, jump in front of me. She goes, oh, well, that's very nice. Thank you. So she reaches for her little tray of California rolls, and she's pulling out some cash. I just tap it. Right. I tap the purchase, 11 bucks or something. The look on her face, it was out of this world. And I thought, you know, I just bought myself a little experience yeah. for 11 bucks. Yep. And uh, I can't overstate the power of the energy of that interaction. I wasn't trying to be an economic hero of any kind. I just wanted to make a statement and go above and beyond. And, and that's so powerful. So the point of this conversation for everybody is we want to put you in possession of value and information and awareness that the bar is low. This is where you win. Break your patterns, go above and beyond. Expect nothing. Be in a place of Zen yep. when it, when it comes to your efforts, but professional contrast and professional scarcity is what will come out of this. If you curate this properly. And, uh, I highly encourage you, first of all, um, connect with Steve. I know you're on LinkedIn, yep. uh, so that's a good place to find you. Any any other closing comments you have? Not we'll definitely get you back because we can keep going yep. here for sure. But yep. uh, any closing comments that you've got? No, the, I think the closing comments are opportunity is great. Opportunity is great. Uh, world's moving really fast. I think there's opportunities to connect with second and third generation now by giving them time. The bar is low. I think too, I was the last comment I was going to make because I know your boys and my daughters. I think I think there are more people, you know, the world, I think we're all focused on the wrong things sometimes. Uh, I know that your boys say they look for moments to serve. Doesn't have to be something gigantic. And I know that my girls are like that. And I think there are more people in the world like that. And I think your clients recognize it when you do it. Spend the time operate from a position of gratitude before aspiration. And I think there's huge opportunity. Absolutely. Well said. Okay. Well, Steve Phillips, I really appreciate you being here. Great chat. And uh, again, we'll have you back uh, sooner than later. And please look up Steve on LinkedIn. He's a great follow, a great guy to interact with. And uh, if you need any insights on 
snakes and reptiles and uh <laughs> what what's your number now with birds you're up to over 400 i think yeah yeah but i got 22 so i'm at 467 so for life that's that's good that's how I, many are I'm in with how many are in uh our hemisphere I, 962 recognized birding or breeding species in North America. So I got a ways to go and I run with some guys that are there. So it's a big deal. So yeah, well, you better, you better buckle down. <laughs> I got to get to work. Exactly. <laughs> Been right a great on. time. Okay. DMAC. Thanks for having me. I really uh, always enjoy this. Never feels like work. I appreciate nope. your time. Thank you for listening to Always On with Duncan McPherson, where our objective is to enable professionals to always be working on their business and on themselves. Want to learn more about Duncan and his team? Visit ParetoSystems.com. Don't forget to click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the hosts and or guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Pareto Systems. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast is powered by Proudmouth, the influence accelerators. If you're like me and want to spend more time educating people and less time selling, Proudmouth helps turn Main Street experts like you into trusted mainstream authorities. They will help amplify your influence over a growing audience of magnetically attracted fans. Visit Proudmouth.com to learn more.